0: Hello and welcome to another Silicon Valley Review podcast. I'm Kevin, with me as always
1: is... Aaron Turway. Hey Aaron, how you doing bud? I'm fantastic, how are you? Good, we're getting ready for Thanksgiving. Any good Thanksgiving plans? Uh, no, I think I just have to show up. Is
0: your uh, five month old doing any new tricks yet?
1: He's only three months oh, old. Three months old. Yeah, his new trick, which he's done now the last two nights, and I really hate to talk about it because I don't want to jinx it, he has mostly slept through <laughs> the night, which is just... Wonderful. It's a great tray. Yeah.
0: Okay, good. So does that mean everyone's coming to your house because you have the infant or are nope. you going somewhere else?
1: We are going to in my in law's.
0: Yep. Okay. Do you have to do anything there? Bartend?
1: Probably bartend, yeah. It's when when you know the secret recipe, you gotta you gotta <laughs> to make a the martini. drinks.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, happy Thanksgiving to you. You too. And your family. Thank you. So we're gonna do episode four, Maximizing Alphaness, and you and I were chatting about this a little before we went live. And you mentioned there wasn't a whole lot of legal
1: no. stuff to talk Light about. Light on the legal issues. No, but
0: but man, I meant to look up the writers. I'm going to do this before the next one. I think this whole season has just been hilarious. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I know you and I talked about at seasons four and five. We were really disappointed. This one's just been great. I mean, for the first time in a very long time, Aaron, I find myself laughing out loud at a lot of just the writing. Right. right. It's not even so much... Situational, some of the stuff is situational, but just the writing, I think, has been great. So, I thought what we could do today is just maybe focus on some of the plot lines because we have some interesting subplots that are really developing. You've got the uh, Gavin Belson leaving Tech. You've got the um, Guilfoyle and Dinesh is now turned into Guilfoyle Monica, yeah, right, and their little bosom body type scenario. You've got obviously Richard in the company, Richard and Gavin, and now we're introducing this Jared and uh, Holden. That's his name, Holden, right? Yes. Holden, cause I know you because you read his name on closed
1: captioning. You and the other four people who are over 80 watching it. I, I actually need to correct. I'm, I'm looking at my phone right now. So the character's name that we were talking about in the last episode or the one before. Gwart. Gwart. G-W-A-R-T. Yes. Not. Q U A R K. Yes. yes. So I'm very curious about this because you said you had read
0: it on closed captioning.
1: Yeah, I'm not reading it like for detail. I'm just reading it for who were they talking about? Okay. Yes. I saw that Guart. Guart. And then there's the whole Guart just
0: disappears, right? Yes. So okay. So let's start with maximizing Alphanus and Richard and Ethan. Yes. So if you remember previously, Ethan had had recommended that they could use the Huli phones to do the test in uh, in Hawaii. So. There's some value there to Hooli, which we thought we were largely buying Huli just to get rid of Maximo, right? right? So there's some value in the Huli phones. And Ethan is just razzing Richard to know it.
1: Yeah, it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> it was uncomfortable. Well, I mean, especially because I feel like this season we've seen, I guess, a more evolved Richard that is less nervous and… Paranoid. Yeah, yeah. and he sort of seems to be coming into his own where he… He can handle situations without metaphorically crapping the bed. Right. And, you know, I, th- I think it's a an, an accurate portrayal that if there is somebody who knew Richard back when he wasn't CEO of this, you know, unicorn, that maybe Richard would sort of regress a little bit into that old personality.
0: I think that's a great point, man. We can bring that into the type of work that we do. We have founders, you know, who we've been with for many, many years and they build a business that is worth nothing on day one. And now on paper, it's worth tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. And though those founders will mature and develop, they're still their core person right? Right. underneath. So seeing Richard kind of grow and then take a step back was really interesting. So Ethan's razzing. He was calling them Patches because he yeah. wore a sweater with elbow patches on it. And then um, he puts up that line of code, the first line of code right. that he had put in. I'm guessing the code was very accurate. I can't read that stuff, right? But everyone starts giggling. Right. And then Ethan really belabors the point by going through and asking each person individually. Yeah. They thought that was funny.
1: Well, and On the Patches nickname, did you notice there were a couple of times where Richard said, oh, it's a funny story. I'll tell you later. It wasn't a funny story. It was just he wore a sweatshirt that had elbow patches. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> right,
0: Ethan really. I, I love also Ethan that he's got his man bun and he's on uh, rollerblades right. the whole time. Yeah, right. This is so stereotypical, over the top. What we think Silicon Valley is like. Right. So to keep that, to keep going on that uh, plot line. Richard then watches the Maximizing Alphaness video, right? That yeah. Nesh gets him to, which is just a bunch of pictures of like the American flag, an eagle, a lion, sports car, and women bikinis. Right. right, Just flashing yeah. over and over again. And I'm sure that those things exist. You know,
1: that's what I watched to get hyped for this podcast <laughs> I, I, whenever I we're about to record. You I, seem
0: to be walking in with purpose. Yeah, to I, exactly. I so. so he watches that video. He gets real jazzed up, real amped up. He goes to talk to. To Ethan about it, and he reaches out to strike Ethan. He ends up kind of slapping
1: Ethan. Right? I thought time. he I thought he punched him, but he had his thumb in his closed fist, and now his hand is bandaged up. I thought it was more like a back slap, but yes,
0: I think the intention was for him to punch him. So Richard injures himself. So then there's this funny scene with the HR director Tracy. Oh, there's also the Tracy plotline, right? Right. The, the HR director Tracy and Ron. Ron where they're saying this is the only one where the aggressor was the one who got injured, right? right. But then Ron had a great line. So Ron says, hold on, I write this down. Give Ethan an apology without admitting any fault or describing what happened in any way. It sounds like advice that we would <laughs> I give. Know. I know. And then to Richard, to the client, aren't you kind of like, how the F do I do that, right? right. What does that mean? Yeah. And I 100% understand what Ron's trying to say. Like, we owe an apology, but do not say anything that's going to be used against you. Right. Or in case it's being recorded, right? So I thought that was really good. And that is the position that attorneys are put in sometimes. We're trying yeah. to give advice, but uh, how are we going to deliver this message? Right. So anyways, I think that, you know, that kind of plays out. They don't really revisit the Ethan thing until the next, uh, until the next episode. So then let's flip over to Guilfoyle, right? Guilfoyle's... Not really connecting with his uh, with his employees. He was supposed in the previous episodes. He was supposed to bring in a team of five, and he brought in the janitor and the plant lady, the barista, the barista and stuff. So Guilfoyle is now playing against John, and they're playing chess, right? I w- yeah, actually, that was which episode? That might be an episode ahead. I think it's this. They episode, start but, taking ch- but, They start playing chess. It
1: is. It's just. It's so awkward because it's like they don't want to acknowledge that they are enjoying. An activity with each other, and so it's just like sort of in this background. You know, John is sitting there with his back towards Gilfoyle. That's his job, right? He's just gonna yeah. sit in that chair and, and wait for Gilfoyle to tell right. him to do something. I don't know. And then
0: Gilfoyle has some random chess set, right, which is some sort of mythological reference or something, and John knows what it is, right? And so they start very slowly playing a chess game, and Gilfoyle's. Doesn't even want to be there when he's making the move. So Guilfoyle says, I'm going to go to the bathroom for about two minutes, right? Right. Okay, so we'll we'll pick up with Guilfoyle and John in the next episode. Uh, Let's talk for a second, Aaron, about Jared. So Jared's trying to explore where he came from, right? Yeah. He goes to meet with his parents, who look to be a very normal couple. Yes, look to be. Look to be, right? (laughs) Right. And it starts kind of like a like a commercial for i don't know an old folks home or something it was just a couple sitting on a couch with like a very like somber look on their face talking about you know what the situation is and they told Jared well we had to give you up and Jared initially seems to have some relief come over his face right. like oh, okay i understand yeah. and then they tell him the reason they had to give him up and look Aaron you've got your first kid <laughs> don't take this the wrong way but when they started talking about the first class travel and how difficult to travel with multiple kids in tax, I immediately thought of you
1: because uh-huh. you're, you're a man of convenience, right? I, I will just say my son's first flight is coming up, and it just so happens that it's going to be first class. But that's just the, so that's just the product of is, having a lot of United credit right this, now. This is
0: what this kid is getting himself into or what he's going to become accustomed to. But essentially, they tell Jared they gave him up because it was too difficult to travel with five kids. And then they say, immediately, immediately after they gave them up, they realized they made a mistake. And so Jared thought, well, maybe they wanted me back or they felt some remorse about that. So they just went ahead and had another kid. Right. Right.
1: Well, (laughs) and it was shocking to Jared that they had two kids before him. Because when you think about it from his perspective, he's probably thinking, oh, 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 they just didn't want kids at the time. And then they let out that they had two kids. And then he's sort of like, he can't wrap his head around it. And then they realize they made a mistake by giving Jared up. So they had another one. Uh huh.
0: Because I could see if a family is very poor, I could see that being a cause, right? You can't right. care for or provide for the kid. But they actually seem to live very comfortably. Yes. And now they do family dinner once right. a week, every Thursday night. And it's the hardest decision they've had to make
1: is whether they're going to go get Italian or Chinese. Chinese. Right. Yeah. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about how they reused the name? Which name? His name. Oh, they, So they named him, his real name was Donald. Right, right. And they gave him <laughs> yeah. up. Somebody then, started calling him Jared. I think Gavin started calling him Jared, and he just never corrected him. Oh, uh, that's but, right. But, You're right. But his real name is Donald, and the kid they had after they gave him up for adoption <laughs> right. was named, named Donald. And then when Jared thinks he's meeting
0: his brothers and sister, they actually say that he's there to talk about solar, Right? And Jared says they have great financing options. And then afterwards, to rub salt in the wound, they tell him that they don't like him or they didn't like his the, proposal. His,
1: his pitch was not was not convincing.
0: <laughs> you know, are you watching Succession? I am. I feel like Succession are the worst people that I've ever met or yeah hypothetically met. These two parents might have topped the Succession people in just terms of their lack of compassion or any sort right. of kind of decorum. Without yeah. treating
1: Jared. They, but for whatever reason, they seem less bad than the folks on – like they seem nicer whereas like – They were just so
0: matter of fact about everything, right? right? Like it wasn't really conniving. They're just – it didn't make sense. It was too hard to get into a taxi right. with three kids. It's yeah. too hard to travel across four seats with three kids. Yeah. But anyway, so I thought that was really, really funny. So then Jared, poor guy, goes and internalizes it and blames himself, right? Which, it seems to be what he always it's does. Very Jared thing. Yeah. And so he thinks he, he thinks, he, he says, There must have been something that I did to push my parents away. So here's tiny little, now you have a three month old, right? Yeah. Here's tiny little infant Jared, Donald, who does something that he believes pushes his parents away. Right. Uh, and then he's looking for Wart's baby doll gloves, gloves for his yeah, doll. Yeah.
1: I, I missed that until he said he found them. He found I, them. I, I in, didn't. Did they mention it before? No, you? Okay. he
0: just says it at the end, and then Big Head's playing Simon Says again. Yeah, Big Head is just his—he's uh, his sounding board, right? Oh man, deep. Whoa, yeah. Big Head's great. Okay, so so that's Jared, and Jared actually plays a, a nice, a bigger role coming into the uh, into the next episode. So the next thing is uh, Gavin wrote a book on a typewriter, <laughs> cold ice cream and hot kisses. Yeah, and then he's reading it. <laughs> At the coffee shop to the four people in, in uh Hoover's there in the in the front, right? Enthusiastically yeah. listening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the baristas making the coffee and interrupting him. I mean, so comical. Now I, I talked about the great lines. That situational part was just great. And and Gavin and that actor just he just owns it, man. Like you right. really believe that in that moment he is convinced that he's the world's greatest author. Right. And then he compares himself to authors. you remember the two authors he mentioned? No. John Grisham oh. <laughs> and uh, what's her name? Danielle Steele. Steel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he says, would Grisham or Steele do this? So Gavin writes a book. He's got the uh, the book reading that somehow six people are listening to. Hoover applauds them. And then afterwards, the Sacramento Bee comes and says, the reporter says, I'm with the Sacramento Bee. I'd like to do an interview. And Gavin looks around as if, does he have time? He says, well, I'll make time. Right. Right. So then she wants to interview him about Tech, right? Why didn't he write a book about tech? Which is what Hoover had said as well. Yeah. And then he goes on this anti-tech theme. You know, this anti-tech. The tech destroys worlds. Yeah, tech destroys worlds. And so Gavin is now on this anti-tech theme, which is interesting. I feel like it's it makes sense for his character, right? Not for a guy that started Hooli, the super powerful right. company, but for his character and how unpredictable and how wishy-washy his character is. Right. Let's see the other plot, you know, Richard doesn't really do much. The company doesn't do much in this one, right? He's got his issues going on with Ethan. But I don't think in episode four, the plot doesn't actually. Now, I think about it. I read a few reviews, and one of the – I feel like most reviews you read have to be snarky. Yeah. It's never really positive. What do you think the score is on Rotten Tomatoes?
1: For the episode? For the series. The entire series, uh, like 85%. Ninety-four. Wow, high, right? Okay.
0: A little higher than I felt, but yeah. it's good. And then the critic score is eight point five out of ten. Okay, pretty good. Yeah. So, but I read this one snark review, which just said that Episode Four didn't do anything to move the plot forward. Right. But at this point, who really cares about the yeah. plot, right? So, is Pied Piper gonna create a decentralized internet? I don't know. Yeah. Do we really care? Right. I'm just more interested in kind of like the character development. Yeah.
1: There, there was a what I feel like is a current event topic slipped in there which was the uh, discussion about unionizing the sex workers for foxhole
0: yes yes Priyanka so actually shoots Monica off and Priyanka takes this situation which Monica thought she was she was masking as hey look I'm helping you I'm your mentor right right I'm mentoring you from afar yes but she really puts her in a really bad situation yeah and now Priyanka's done amazing things yeah with her little um, I think code witches or something that Monica refers to them as so yeah, she's going to unionize the sex workers and then why can't the women also do the same right which was perfect for the women's conference right yeah. so i thought that was funny monica's really really like having a hard time with this role and then the last thing i wanted to mention was did you see when john sent guilfoyle the friend request mm-hmm. did you see the picture no It's him holding a tennis racket <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like so ironic that's the last guy you think that right. is a big tennis guy right. right aaron before we wrap up episode four i want to mention two things and see your get your thoughts on them one Lori turned around saw Gwart at the conference. Remember that? Right. And then she ends up firing Jared in the next episode. What Do you think Lori hired her?
1: Yes. Okay, to do what? We don't I, know. I don't know. But yeah, the, the seeing Gwart and then Gwart texting Jared that she's winding up the company, shutting it down, firing And Jared. those weren't her dog gloves. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I
0: wanted to mention is when Richard goes to apologize to Ethan. Ethan's at the cafeteria eating some sort of food with chopsticks. Did you see what he does with the chopsticks when he's done?
1: He sticks them in his hair. (laughs) He
0: sticks them in his hair. It's hilarious. He just walked around pulling those out to eat.
1: You know, listen, it reminds me of somebody who works here, not necessarily in this office, but Mm -hmm. uh, I could see somebody who's affiliated with this firm doing (laughs) that. (laughs) to each his own. But again, just
0: great, great writing by the writers and and Ethan's really owning that role as well. Okay. So that is episode four. Didn't really move the plot forward, but really, really funny stuff. Um, We're going to talk about episode five here in a little bit. Episode five actually did both really funny stuff and move the plot forward. So Let's wrap up that quick review of episode four. As always, check out our other podcasts. You can access them at velawoodlaw.com. Look for resources, then podcasts or online on Apple podcasts. And finally, before I go, I need to remind you, please rate and review.
1: Five stars only. Thank you. Bailawood podcasts are recorded in our Dallas office and Mockingbird Station. You can find all of our podcasts, including Office Hours, Three Things, and Silicon Valley Review on the iTunes Store. For questions, comments, or suggestions, email us at podcasts at